Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Genesis, chapter 45, verse 3 through 11 and 15, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 35 through 38, and 42 through 50, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verse 27 through 38, and Psalm 37, verse 1 through 12, and 41 through 42. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. I see trees of green and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The other morning, I got into my nice, dependable car. It's a Toyota, but it has leather seats. And I drove to the grocery store, and I hit zero potholes on Paxton Avenue. And I rolled the windows down, and I played some Louis Armstrong on the radio. And I filled my tank with gas, and I didn't even calculate how many miles I'm getting to the gallon these days. I rolled on over to that Kroger entrance, and it just so happened that the best parking spot in the whole lot was open, right there waiting for me. I mean, man, I must be living right. (laughs) Then there were Frappuccino samples at the Starbucks counter right when I walked in the door. (laughs) Streams in the desert. (laughs) I mean, seriously, you guys, am I a saint or something? because everything was turning up roses for me. I might just get me my own farm on the Potomac and sit under my own vine and my own fig tree and never wonder how the gardener keeps it looking so good just for me. In Mark and Matthew, our parable today from the gospel is not a parable. It's a prophecy. In those two accounts, Jesus, a hungry traveler, finds no fruit where fruit should be, on the fig tree. And so at his word, the fig tree withers at once, as he pronounces with promise, may no fruit ever come from you ever again. It's kind of scary when God calls it out like that, isn't it? That's why we love Luke. Luke helps keep ourselves in the illusion 
that people who have money and safety and security and the best parking spots, those are the good people. But the people who labor night and day for eager, meager earnings or have their kids taken by the foster care system or who bounce from couch to couch because they've got three evictions on their record or who maybe they're sick because, I don't know, maybe they're not fully up to date on all their vaccinations. Those people, those people, those people, they must not be living right. The parable today begs the question, echoed from Exodus, who are you? Are you the owner of the vineyard, the gardener? Are you the fig tree? Or are you the steaming pile of poo that no one wants to look at, no one wants to smell, and no one wants to get close to, even though it turns out that only hard labor and your humility will make things grow. I love that Luke is there to let us wonder more deeply about what makes for good fruit. Because without the parable, it's easy to assume that we're the good guys and they're the bad guys and good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and the world is really pretty black and white. And I like that narrative because it's so safe for me. It's safe for me to think like that. Because things can get really messy in the gospel. Things can get messy when I have to admit that my dad was friends with that salesman at the Toyota dealership. And the potholes on Paxton Avenue got fixed right after a rich guy made a call. And I can feel like I totally get Louis Armstrong, even though I have never walked a day in this city with black skin. Things can get messy when gas prices soar and we have to contemplate our dependence on a non-renewable foreign source. Things can get really messy when pure dumb luck got me that parking spot at Kroger when a single mom with five kids and three jobs will never get that spot because she does not have the luxury of going to the grocery store at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. I don't know, maybe Matthew and Mark were a little too hard on us. Or maybe 
mercy is the only way we are actually going to get out of this mess. Let me say it plain in case you're still confused. George Washington may have longed to sit under his own vine and his own fig tree, but the truth is that Mount Vernon was built by people he enslaved. We may long for that lovely fairy tale idea about how our nation was founded on freedom and liberty and justice for all, but actually it was just founded for white people. And a lot of people died. Not just white people, but native people and black people. A lot of people have died violent deaths for this country. For this country to be founded on stolen land. And for what? So that we can have some twisted idea of self-righteous, self-centered, self-made, self-serving independence? Y'all, independence is a farce. We belong to one another. Inextricably and wholly connected to all of humanity. I think that's what this parable is trying to teach us today. In words we can hear. No one is a waste of space. No one is just taking up soil. Just over a year ago at the height of the pandemic, I went to kind of a dark place. Anxious and afraid, I thought, if I could just take care of me and my little family, everything's gonna be okay. I'll follow the rules, I'll keep my head down, I'll protect my own little vine, my own little fig tree, and none shall make me afraid. It didn't work. The isolation, not just the physical isolation, but the spiritual isolation of that time, it was debilitating. I know some of you experienced it too. Suddenly the world seemed so large and unmanageable, and at the same time it seemed so small and insular. We're okay. We were okay. But others' situations got worse and worse and worse. Hunger and homelessness and addiction, the numbers just kept ticking up and up and up as much as the COVID cases. And then reality hit. If you were paying attention, you saw that the people most likely to die in that whole thing, the ones who were cut down, were the poor and people of color. And the group with the highest rate of death in our nation were the Native Americans. 
The gospel asks, do you think that because they suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the rest of us? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Do you think that the disproportionate number of young black men in prison today are worse offenders than all of the private private prep school boys that are snorting cocaine in your paisley-patterned powder room? No. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all remain imprisoned as they are. I think the pandemic was so hard because it turns out that a moral high horse is a really hard place to fall from. But here we are in Lent, hopefully begging for God's mercy, hopefully amending our lives so that we can bear fruit that will last. The parable gives us a promise. If we tend to one another, if we dig down deep to the root of the problem, if we admit that maybe our shit really does stink, and if, and if we hope that God will have mercy on us and give us just another chance, just give us one more chance to bear good fruit, then maybe, just maybe, we will actually experience eternal life. Y'all, I don't think we're living right. And thank God salvation is not an individual endeavor, but a collective one. Because right now, we need to show up for one another. Not just for people it's easy to show up for, like our friends and family and the people we go to church with. We need to show up for people who are suffering. What if God is only giving us one more year to bear good fruit? What if we don't have that much time left to admit that we have all, all of us, fallen short of the glory of God, myself included? What if today you were given the chance to repent and amend your life, to stop blaming everyone else for the ills of the world and instead just own your own little part in it? What if we had an opportunity to make a wonderful world just by starting with ourselves? I think Satchmo probably had it right. We will know that we have a wonderful world When people are passing by and really asking one another, how do you do? And by doing so, they're really saying, 
I love you. Amen.